Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 36th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in uh, wet and sloppy Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing pretty good. I'm a little bit wet and sloppy because <laughs> we just came came in from outside and it's absolutely pouring. Yes. Uh, but other than that, I'm, I'm wonderful. Uh, we're about to talk a lot of basketball and lots of... Lots of good basketball to be played in the next few weeks. Kyle, have you ever thought perhaps we shouldn't have our first and last names attached to this podcast so that like our podcast enemies don't like find out who we are and track down our family and hold them hostage? Uh, that's a good idea. Uh, I know how many people out there would love to see us just crash and burn and our everyone we know and love die, but I don't know. So maybe we should uh, adopt we'll censor that information. Yeah, adopt um, alternate identities. Okay. We'll we'll think on that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, we got some news first, and then we're going to talk a lot about basketball. We're going to do some bracketology. It's never too early for some bracket filling out. Uh, we're going to fill out the um, SEC tournament bracket with our predictions, and but before we do that. Let's jump into some news, um, a little bit of football news. We had a couple commitments from some special teams players uh, from Mizzou, a kicker and a punter. I believe they're one or both of them are preferred walk-ons, but they could be the future of Missouri special teams. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm assuming uh, the punter is coming next year, or is he going to be on campus for this upcoming year? I don't, know. I don't know, but if it's not for this upcoming season, then I'm a little I'm a little bit confused because, or maybe they're just expecting Tucker McCann to finish out his career as the punter. I don't know, and Perhaps. then and then bring in a new guy next year. In other football news, um, freshman freshman defensive back Jelani Williams he injured his foot a little bit ago. He had surgery and is going to miss the rest of spring practices. Hopes to rejoin the team in June, which is technically still spring until yeah. the 21st. <clears throat> That's definitely unfortunate because um, the guys that enroll in the spring usually have a, a leg up on the on the rest of their freshman class as far as who's going to get early playing time and stuff like that. It's always good to see uh, some of those guys getting, getting in the program in the spring. Um, but honestly, it's probably not going to be that big of a deal for, for Jelani because if, if he is healthy by June or whatever you just said, um, that's pretty much when all the other freshmen are arriving anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he'll he'll be fine as long as he gets gets healthy as they expect. Last bit of football news. Former, former Missouri Tiger Mitch Morse, uh, f- also formerly of the Kansas City Chiefs, signed a new deal with the Buffalo Bills. And you were just telling me at, at the time of his signing, it was the biggest contract ever for a center. Uh, I don't know about ever, but I think at the time of when he signed his deal, he was currently the the highest paid the center highest paid center in the at NFL. The time. Gotcha. That was before. Uh, is his name Matt Matt Paradis? Yep. Uh, he was formerly of the Denver Broncos. Uh, but that was before he had to, he signed his contract, and he signed with Carolina today. And I'm assuming that was for a higher amount than Mitch Morse is currently uh, being paid. But either way, uh, good for Mitch Morse. That's big a big contract. That's a big contract. <laughs> that's a big deal. As a Chiefs fan, I'm sad to see him go because he's kind of anchored that line um, the past few years. But yeah, uh, shout out to him for <laughs> getting that bread. Moving on to basketball news. Um, Missouri basketball officially announced that they will be a part of the 2019 Hall of Fame Classic in Kansas City. Um, we had heard about this before, but it's now officially been announced. So uh, that'll be next Thanksgiving. And Butler, Oklahoma, and Stanford will all be there as well. Yeah, it's a good good little list of teams there. Nobody like insane, but definitely no weak link either. So four pretty evenly matched teams. It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Definitely. Last bit of news, and it'll be a perfect transition into the end of the SEC basketball season. The basketball awards were announced for this season, and I will run through the run through those real quick. Um, 
Kermit Davis of Ole Miss was named Coach of the Year. Grant Williams of Tennessee was Player of the Year. Um, Tremont Waters and Ashton Hagens were co-defensive players of the year. Um, Waters, of course, of LSU and Hagens of Kentucky. And the first team went to Daniel Gafford of Arkansas, P.J. Washington of Kentucky, Tremont Waters of LSU, Brian Tyree of Ole Miss, Quindary Weatherspoon of Mississippi State, Chris Silva of South Carolina, Admiral Schofield of Tennessee, and Grant Williams of Tennessee. So I just said a lot there, Kyle. Um, first off, on Coach of the Year, does that surprise you? Not really. I mean, Kermit Davis has done a phenomenal job, and I don't think anybody could have seen uh, – nobody saw this coming, how good Ole Miss has been this year. So um, it is interesting to me to wonder if these awards had been decided upon a week ago, if Will Wade would be the Coach of the Year. Um, that probably wouldn't have surprised me either. So, If I'm voting for co- for SEC Coach of the Year a week ago, I'm probably voting Will Wade. Yeah. And I probably mean, not now. Yeah. I mean, now that he's suspended, yeah. for sure not. But um, when the allegations surfaced, I might have might still be, voted for him. Yeah. But, might be a little bit awkward yeah. to announce him as the winner right now yeah. after everything being so now fresh. That he's suspended, yeah. Um, no surprises that Grant Williams was selected for player of the year. He's a tremendous college player. Um, just does it all for Tennessee. Was one of the best scorers in the SEC as well as rebounders, and just overall adds to their team defense really well. Yeah, I feel like if you only watched Grant Williams this year, whenever Mizzou played against him, I'm not sure that you got a great look at how good he is because he honestly kind of struggled both times he played against Mizzou for whatever reason. Um, but he's like you said, just a phenomenal player. Just, just uses his body so well and. Um, is so good at, at scoring um, around the basket and can shoot too. And he's probably top three player in the NCAA right now. Uh, one I skipped earlier was Keldon Johnson from Kentucky was named SEC Freshman of the Year. And he's another guy who didn't do a ton when Missouri matched up against him. But um, he's incredibly skilled. He will most likely move on to the NBA. Um, but, yeah, I think that's definitely deserving. I actually think um, – hero from Kentucky could have been freshman of the year as well. Yeah. They had two guys that were right there for that award. Did uh, Chris Silva be getting on get on the uh, getting on the first team surprise you? Yes. I think it did me a little bit as well. I, he was first team on the coaches and the Associated Press. I know. I, I don't know. Um, that's the only one that maybe confused me a little bit. Mm-hmm. But if I look at the second team there's not really anybody that necessarily jumps out that got snubbed that definitely should have belonged right. in yeah. the first team. I think that he's a senior. He's an established name at, at South Carolina. He's clearly they're, they're a, the best player on the team that's four seed, right. the four seed in, in the in the league. So yeah. um, Maybe it, it makes sense, Writers and coaches felt they kind of needed to give some representation to South Carolina after the conference season that they had. Yeah. Um, but the first team includes eight guys are you looking at the coaches poll uh actually i think it is i am looking at i think the associated press only had like five or six guys in the first team that could be wrong i am looking at the secsports.com 2019 sec men's basketball awards (laughs) it doesn't actually say (laughs) i'm almost 100 sure coaches coaches. awards yes for sure um, a few things of note, a lot of players from Kentucky making up the all freshman team. There's Tyler hero that I talked about. And of course, Keldon Johnson. Um, I would, I'm thinking I would take this sec all freshman team against any all freshman team from any other conference. Because Kyra Lewis from Alabama had an amazing season. Isaiah Joe from Arkansas is going to have a terrific career. Andrew Nimhard from Florida is solid. Got Hero and Johnson from Kentucky. Nas Reed from LSU. Reggie Perry from Mississippi State. And A.J. Lawson from South Carolina. Yeah. I mean, those guys, if they stuck around, would be all contenders for 
uh, SEC Player of the Year sure. at some point. Obviously, a bunch of them are going to move on to the NBA probably immediately. Yeah, I mean, just as a Mizzou fan, I mean, right off the bat, I think, well, I wonder if, you know, I mean, Mizzou has some good freshmen. I wonder if they maybe deserve to get in, and you kind of compare them to some of those guys on the list, and you're like, yeah, no. Yeah, these guys all did a lot more individually for their team than any of the Missouri freshmen did. I think you could even say that the, the Missouri freshmen were sort of balanced in their output from mm-hmm. Missouri that I don't see how you could justify picking one over the other two right? as having a, necessarily a better season. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a little bit, um, <clears throat> I don't know, random, but speaking of the Mizzou freshman, Torrance Watson had the three-point single-season three-point record for Mizzou. Did that surprise you? Yeah, for freshmen. For freshmen. Um, yeah, that's what I meant um, to say. That didn't necessarily surprise me but just because of recent games right you know i was like oh of course yeah he's been playing awesome that makes sense but mm-hmm. when you look at his numbers from the non-conference and even early conference play um i guess i don't remember what the actual number was yeah, i think it was 47 yeah i personally was actually really surprised because I felt like he was almost a non-factor until 70% of the way through the season. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously, yeah, he finished super hot. But, I mean, I was just like, whoa, wow, I didn't know that he had made that many threes. And I don't really I, – when I come to think of it, I don't know what kind of competition he's going up against. But Right. I'm trying to think of freshmen that shot threes. I think Kareem Rush was the person he surpassed. Oh, okay. So, obviously, nobody – been a while. Yeah, nobody super recent – um, was doing that yeah good for him though yeah absolutely um i want i'm wanting to look at frankie hughes real quick just as the most recent freshman that shot a lot of threes he, he made, made a lot early on he definitely. made 45 that's yeah in his freshman year i feel like a good chunk of those were in the non-conference yeah definitely um there wasn't really anything else that really stood out to me from the all sec awards yeah did you think jordan geist was deserving of a look at second team not really i mean i i mean deserving of a look sure but if you're trying if you felt the need to try to like represent every team i mean yeah that would have been fine yeah i'm not i'm not upset at all about that i mean there's a lot of good players in this league yeah, if there I mean, was in like an honorable mention or a third team, I think yeah, he he might be there for sure. But when you look at the second team list, it just there's, I mean, they're just better players and yeah, are more more productive. And I think the fact that Missouri wasn't very good, if you know, if Jordan Geist is the leading scorer and the leader of a team that is on the NCAA bubble, maybe even with sure. the same stats. No, definitely. Then he probably gets second team all That definitely factors in. All right. Well, we need to talk about the end of Missouri's basketball season because they finished off the regular season by losing to Ole Miss at home on senior night. Uh, They did that without Javon Pickett, and they lost 73-68 to in a game that they absolutely could have won. Yeah, it's pretty much a microcosm of every game, almost every game they played this year. I mean, they they put up a fight against a team that was better than them, and they had a lead at one point in the game, and honestly for a good portion of the game, uh, but couldn't finish it out because they're just not very good, and they don't have the talent to, to withstand a, a 40-minute game. Gave up 47 points in the second half, um, so that doesn't help. But, yeah, they... I would never. I wouldn't say they were ever in control of this game, but they had a double-digit second-half lead. Heard that. that. Heard, seen that movie before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Torrance Watson had another good game. Fourteen points, three of seven from three. Also made three free throws. Um, Tillman played thirty-four minutes, so he was out there almost the whole time. Uh, only picked up four fouls. Kevin Perrier. Only had six points in his senior night, so that was kind of disappointing. But the guy I really want to talk about is Xavier Pinson because he 
scored 20 points, which made it the first time in Mizzou history that three different freshmen have scored 20 points in a game yeah. during one season. I'm not going to lie. Um, this game was more, maybe more exciting to me than a lot of the games I've watched recently just because I was so fascinated by what Pinson was doing. Man. I was just blown away by how well he played, and I was just kind of locked into his performance the, yeah. the whole game. Yeah, he ended up playing... Uh, where am I? He ended up playing 29 minutes and was incredibly productive. Um, Missouri's offense as a whole was efficient. Um, They only turned the ball over 10 times. They shot not great from two at 49%, but shot 47% from three. Mm -hmm. Um, Just the defense kind of let them down there in the second half. Yeah, and kind of like kind of what we talked about last time Mizzou played Ole Miss was uh, in our preview was talking about their talented guards and they really didn't hurt us really bad and in the first time we played them even though we lost they still it was almost like their big men hurt yeah, us it was more. Bruce Stevens that kind of yeah. took the game over. But in this game it was definitely the guards that we knew were there we know were talented and yeah Tyree and Schuler yeah. Tyrese, kinda... I mean, he's a first first team All American in the SEC, so obviously he's used to doing that. Yeah. Uh, but he, I mean, it's almost like he kind of scored a, a quiet twenty one points. Yeah. I mean, he was making some shots throughout the game and stuff, but at the end of the game, I realized, oh wow, he has twenty one points or whatever it was, and mm-hmm. he was killing us. Yeah. Going back to Penson real quick, he just had some plays where he he seemed like he put it put it all together for the first time this season he's had flashes in other games where he makes a spectacular pass or knifes into the lane and gets a layup he's had a step back three before this game he did all of those in 30 minutes of game time yeah you're exactly right we kind of see flashes of here and there he does one good thing but can't really put it put a game together consistently yeah. but didn't turn the ball over much in this one either yeah, definitely uh was a huge factor in us making this game close and the announcers pointed out at one point when there was a shot clock a low shot clock situation and he just kind of decided all right i've got the ball i got to do something he just went to the rim and made a layup yeah and they were like well i guess that's what you do when you at the end of the shot clock you let the freshman take it over <laughs> and i was like uh yeah i've, I've kind of thought that multiple times this season that he's the one of the only ones until recently with Watson Hmm. um Penson's been one of the only ones that can get a shot at the rim basically whenever he wants can create yeah yeah he's he's really crafty around the basket and obviously is super athletic and and gets to the the bucket pretty quick no KJ Santos again I believe that's the second game in a row that he hasn't logged a minute and Reed Nico only played six minutes in this one Yep, it's uh, we've known this for a while, but the the off season is going to be an interesting storyline to watch with with some of these kind of reserve big men. Yeah, I would have liked to see what happened in this game with a healthy Javon Pickett, though. Yeah, that's true. It would have been really nice to have him. Maybe just people don't get as tired in the second half, and you're able to defend the guards a little bit better. But yeah, it was definitely one I would have liked to have, but it's not going to do a whole lot. It wouldn't have changed much uh, as far as the SEC tournament. Um, I would have liked to avoid Auburn, but it's still, I mean. If Auburn lost against Tennessee, would they have been the sixth seed? To be honest with you, I'm not sure. Okay. I kind of lost track of. I wanted whatever was going to keep us away from playing Auburn to happen, (laughs) but whatever that was, it didn't happen. I want to say if Missouri would have just won, then They'd they would have eleven. Yeah, they would have played Vanderbilt and then Mississippi State, which is probably better than playing Auburn, but yeah. that's still pretty tough. What I what I really wanted to happen South was Carolina. South Carolina fall to the five, yeah. and then that's that would have been incredible. Yeah, but that did not happen. Um, before we get really into the SEC tournament, though, I do want to talk about. We talked about the freshmen. I want to talk more specifically about the seniors since it was senior night and it's the last time we're going to see them play at Missouri Arena. They only have a couple, potentially one game left in their entire career. Um, And specifically, Kevin Purrier, he um, will finish his career fifth all-time in career starts for Missouri. And right now he has 1,230 career points, which I want to say puts him in the top 20. I know he was climbing that list and was around 20th. Yeah. 
Um, and he will. He also has 620 rebounds. So a, a productive career, but a strange one. Yeah. When he saw such two completely opposite eras in Mizzou basketball, yeah. just the most lethargic fan base that you've ever seen and the most like like as a Mizzou fan I often expect a loss and then hopefully I'm pleasantly surprised I legitimately wasn't sure that they were going to win any conference games for three years mm-hmm. yeah uh you're, you're exactly right he had the the strangest Mizzou career because like he starts out with Kim Anderson and it's like you said it's just a barren wasteland of talent and just multiple years of losing and he walks in and is your leading scorer as a freshman right yeah he right off the bat I'm like oh wow this guy's gonna be really good player um and then it comes the Conzo Martin era where it's just like the the most insane turn of events ever and we land Michael Porter Jr. and Jonte and bring in like a top five recruiting class and it's just an insanely strange turn of events and I guess Jordan Geist was was also kind of a part of that as well Mm -hmm. but um yeah Kevin I mean regardless of not a lot of winning in his time here I think he's going to be respected in Columbia and in Missouri probably for the rest of his life yeah Um, seems like just a really solid guy um have has really nice to have him in in this program Absolutely. And his name will be all over the record books forever because he took advantage of a time when yeah. uh, there wasn't a lot of talent to go around. Nobody was scoring. So yeah, I mean, like freshman scoring lists, he'll be up there for a while. Um, his name will be in every um, Missouri record book that's printed because he's a part of the thousand point club. Yeah, he was the man. I mean, his freshman, sophomore year. Yeah, um, it, we always wanted him to just kind of get over, get, find the next gear, get over the hump. Right. See how many cliches I can use, but um, it just n- never really happened. And I think I think one place that he did improve was on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I definitely. think his rotations were solid, and he was often overmatched physically, but he was able to perform like Conzo expected him to on defense. Do you think him kind of stalling out production-wise says something just about the difficulty of the SEC and the league we're playing in as well? Or do I you think, think so. he just kind of hit his ceiling early? I mean, that was kind of – that's people talked about that, the floor-ceiling situation with him, I mean, during his freshman year. When he was scoring double digits consistently, people kind of warned – you know, this he may be really close to his ceiling already. He's very polished, and he has a high floor as far as his offensive production as a freshman. Yeah. But that was kind of always a, a warning that I heard around Mizzou circles. So, I mean, I think that's another reason that I didn't really expect much more. I was kind of at peace with knowing who Kevin Perrier was. Yeah, and the teams around him got better. The Mizzou, exactly. The Mizzou teams around him as well. Yeah your favorite uh kevin per your moment that's pretty easy it's going to be the game winning shot that he made at home against mississippi state last year what about the only other the only other moment that comes to mind is his game winning shot in the sec tournament a couple of year, years oh ago against I, Auburn. honestly i think i had wiped those years from my mind so well that yeah. i forgot about that man yes it's honestly insane like how meaningless of a of a season that was how meaningless of a game that was but there we I are, was. We already knew that uh, Kim Anderson was not coming yes, back. Yes, yes. I'm pretty sure you're right. I'm pretty sure we knew he was fired at that point. And Kevin Purrier makes a game-winning shot to advance Mizzou out of the play-in game of yeah. the SEC tournament. And I'm, like, screaming the and, like, fist-pumping in, in, like, my living room yeah. like a few years ago. You no, know, absolutely. Just, he found a way to somehow bring me to life yep. over a completely meaningless sporting event. Yep. No, that's a great point. That's right up there. I can't believe I forgot about that. But and his reaction, and yeah, his reaction was perfect. But Kim Anderson's reaction of, like, all right, I guess we're doing another one of these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like he didn't even expect that they'd be back tomorrow. Yeah, but yeah, that that was definitely a fun moment. Yeah. Um, but the the shot last year against Mississippi State that was all, was, that was huge though yeah. for sure. And because I I I'm not sure. They probably still make the tournament, but 
every game mattered last year, and who knows what happens if we lose one to Mississippi State at home. So we needed that shot last year from him. Yeah, there were only three games left at that point, and oops, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong year. There were still only three. No, no, no. There were quite a few games left at that point, but Mississippi State was uh, ranked 54th in Ken Palm. So that was a a solid win at home. Definitely helped the resume. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely definitely not forget that one, even though I might forget the SEC tournament one from time to time. Um, Another guy that's had a pretty big shot this season is Jordan Geist. Um, He is graduating as well. He finished, he, as of right now, has 887 career points. And, of course, had that buzzer beater to force overtime against UCF. And if you talk about Kevin Purrier not really uh, maturing his game or developing offensively very much, the exact opposite should be said of Jordan Geist. I was literally about to say he's almost kind of like the anti-Kevin Purrier as yeah. far as development goes. Yeah, it was incredible just to see him take on a role of the team leader and the offensive leader when, I don't know, you just, you, you, you actually saw it a little bit last year when um, when Blake Harris transferred and it was kind of like, okay, who's going to be the point guard here? Right. And Cassius Robertson was the point guard a little bit, but then Geist kind of settled in, played a ton of minutes in conference play, and then this year just... I mean, a lot of times the offense went how if if he was on, he he just covered up a lot of, I mean, covered up a lot of errors, kind of I think. Guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know we talked about this a little bit last week, but just to reiterate a little bit, uh, you know, when he first came to Mizzou two years ago, it was just like we talked about. It was just kind of that annoying guy. like, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. And uh, didn't really contribute much. And uh, his second year was Conzo Martin's first year. And I remember reports coming out that um, Conzo loves Geist. Yeah. And you're going to be seeing a lot more of Geist. Yep. Uh, you know, he's not going anywhere. He's not transferring. He's not going to ride the bench. And just being like, what? Like, yeah, I remember, Jordan Geist, what? I remember reading articles talking about like what the rotations might look like. And it's like, yeah, Geist will probably be battling for that last spot in the rotation, you know, trying to find some playing time. And then it was like, nope, he's going to be a big part of this team. Yeah, he was a big part, but still had some glaring issues with ball handling. And seems like he was super unclutch, like would just miss shots at the end of games and would, would have dumb turnovers and stuff. And, I mean, he was just the epitome of getting over the hump. And this year did the opposite. He, you know, turned the ball over way less and, you know, had made some huge shots and clutch moments. Yeah, and he had this weird ability. We talked about it a little bit last week. He had two strange abilities. One, to kind of weasel his way into the paint where there's nothing there and just pump fake and pivot and use his body and throw something up and it goes in. And then he also had a weird ability to, at the end of the shot clock, jump up and like double clutch and <laughs> shoot a shot at the buzzer. And it went in not a ton, but way more than it should have. And case in point was that shot against UCF where it was just one of the ugliest shots yeah. ever. Just not in rhythm. He just had to force it up and it goes in and they end up winning in overtime. Yeah, he's really good at those like hanging in the air for a long time kind of making those really difficult shots look yeah he said he he says he practices the weird shots in the paint like weird hook shots and stuff i'm convinced he must practice the jumping up and like raising his feet up and double readjusting his arms like midair and like getting a different you know level of where he's releasing the ball i'm convinced he has to practice that too the third senior i want to talk about is cullen van leer Unfortunately, we didn't get to see him play this year because he had a bad knee injury last year against Arkansas at the end of the season and had to medically retire, but he was still around the team all season. He got announced um, at senior night, and he's another guy that it's just very had a very strange career. I mean, it's very similar to Kevin Perrier where he came in under Kim Anderson. It was a kind of a questionable recruit at the time we were most people thought he was more of a missouri valley caliber player 
Uh, but he comes into Missouri, plays a ton for Kim Anderson, probably more than, definitely more than fans wanted, probably more than he really should have, um, but that wasn't his fault. And then Conzo Martin comes in and we're like, again, oh, Cullen Van Leer, he'll be fighting for that last spot. You know, maybe he's probably not going to see a lot of playing time. And he comes out and starts the first game and we were there and they announced the starting lineup and we were like, what? Yeah, I'll never forget that. Uh, sitting up sitting up high for the Iowa State game and yeah, they announced the starters. I just remember looking at each other like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Colin Van Leer. But um, yeah, he's kind of like that player that we always heard about was a great practice player and then couldn't come out and, and replicate his success in, in games. He really struggled to shoot the ball early on in his career, but uh, improved a lot, I think, his shot, but was almost most valuable to the team and with his defense and just, um, I just, it sounds so freaking cliche, but just his basketball IQ. He just always seemed to be in the right spot at the right time and uh, definitely came on really strong at the end of his junior year. Um, and when he went down, the team just didn't seem the same without him. And uh, he had really kind of just was, was a big part of last year's success, I think. Yeah, and I think on offense, even though he wasn't scoring and not shooting the ball very well, um, he the ball didn't stick with him. He always knew where he was going with it, and I think that was a big part of how successful the offense was last year because he had shooters um, spacing the floor, and then you got had guys like um, Van Leer and Jonte Porter who always knew where to go with the ball as soon as they touched it. Yeah, definitely. The last senior that we need to talk about is Adam Wolf, and he had a much quieter season this season. Uh, obviously, there weren't, there wasn't as many opportunities for him to come in at the end of big Mizzou wins. Um, but I will always remember last year him just coming in and apparently not being able to miss when he would come <laughs> in and yeah. make for a stretch there. I think he was like five for five from three yeah we'd be up by like 25 points and the wolf's just launching threes the wolf. making them that's all i really have to say about him i wanted to give him a shout out though yeah he's fun to feed the wolf deserves the shout out all right now i'm ready to really dive into the sec tournament and starting off with uh, missouri's matchup against georgia um I don't think this will be very different from the game Missouri played against Georgia at Georgia in that they still don't have Rashawn Hammonds. He had surgery, so he's um, not playing the rest of the season. Um, Nicholas Claxton is going to be their go-to guy, so he's going to be the guy to shut down. It'll be interesting to see if uh, Mitchell Smith gets that assignment like he did in the regular season. But offensively, Georgia just does not have the manpower and I'm happy to say that Missouri is just a different caliber team in my opinion than both Georgia and Vanderbilt I think Georgia and Vanderbilt are at the bottom of the SEC by themselves and then you have probably another tier of just two teams in Missouri and Texas A&M and I don't think either Missouri or Texas A&M should have any trouble in their first round matchup yeah I think I agree with you I didn't realize how poor Georgia's offense was until we played them a few weeks ago it honestly can't get much easier than that so I'm sure it'll be a closer game but I still expect Missouri to easily win yeah I don't think Missouri's offense will could Missouri's offense might not play as well it seems like I don't think I can't see Georgia's offense being even any worse than it was right exactly um it seems like for some reason in the SEC tournament, Missouri's offense just like can't shoot. I know that's completely anecdotal and not based on anything tangible, but they just struggle in the SEC tournament. It seems like they don't last very long in the tournaments either. Well, <laughs> it doesn't seem like. Yeah, <laughs> they have not had a very good seed most of the time. Yeah, what what happened last year in the SEC tournament? Last year in the Why SEC tournament, why am I just going completely blank? They played Georgia with oh the, my gosh. the new Missouri Tigers with Michael Porter. It's insane, and um, no Cullen Van Leer. That so, was bizarre, and no um, was was Barnett in uh, that, available for that game? I'll find out. I 
can't remember. He might have been. He he was he did play in that he game. He did play. Okay. He shot a wonderful. Okay, so Jordan Burnett and Cassius Robinson were a combined two for ten from three. Of course. Um, yeah, Michael Porter Jr. scored like twenty or something in that game, didn't he? He scored twelve, but Jonte scored twenty. Okay, maybe that's maybe that's what I was thinking yeah, of. Yeah, <laughs> um, MPJ was eleven, uh, three of eleven from two, and two of six from three. So he shot the ball a lot. Remember, he had that uh, like heartbreaking. Well, he made like a huge three. Yes. To get us close or to tie the game or something, yeah. and then had a chance to win it on a three or something. I mean, it was missed. late in the game, and he had a and a wide open three that it could have been barely short. Yeah. Um, but they did have that nice porter-to-porter sort of give-and-go on the fast break. That was really fun. And then Michael sort of like barely got off the ground and laid it in. Just a quick note. it's He's still not playing. He's in the NBA. He's still not playing. It's crazy to think how like much better he really is than he was when he played in these two games mm-hmm. for Missouri. Mm-hmm. Because this was what I mean a year ago, yeah, and he's still not playing, right? So he he was able to to don the Missouri uniform and and just try to play, and, and was still uh, able to you and know the, now where he plays professionally, where they are paying him, they're saying now nah, you're not ready, yeah, just it's, sit. He's so talented, yeah. Um, watch out for the Denver uh, Nuggets if if he comes back healthy. They're they're a top team in the East right now, yeah, and, or in the West, sorry. Anyway, um, we both think Missouri's going to beat Georgia. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, probably ugly, probably bad offense. So I'm predicting a score of 61 to 52. That seems reasonable. I'll say 68 to 60, Missouri. All right. Now, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I can never wait for Selection Sunday. I love filling out brackets. Oh, man. It's so fun. So we both have a full bracket of the SEC tournament in front of us. And I actually want us to fill it out separately real quick. So Cameron's going to edit out this pause. Producer Cameron's going to edit this out. But we're going to fill it out real quick, and then we'll reveal what we picked. Okay. And we're back. We filled out our brackets. So um, we both picked Missouri to beat Georgia. Who did you pick, Texas A&M or Vanderbilt? I picked A&M. Vanderbilt is not going to win an SEC game. No, they're they already 0-18 in the regular season, and we both are predicting A&M to beat them in the SEC tournament. That's just difficult to do. That's incredible. 0-18 in regular season. But they had an overtime game against Tennessee. <laughs> That's just <laughs> insane. Moving on, um, Florida plays Arkansas. Who do you like between Florida and Arkansas? That's the 8-9 matchup. Picked 8-2 Florida. I thought you might do that, and I just wanted to be a little different and went with Arkansas. Wow. Next, I'm going to go to the bottom of the bracket and do uh, 11th-seeded A&M against 6th-seed Mississippi State. I picked Mississippi State. As did I. Then we have 7-seed Ole Miss against 10-seed Alabama. I picked Alabama. I picked Ole Miss because I think Alabama is not going to make the SEC tournament. And so... You don't think Alabama is going to make the SEC tournament? I I think (laughs) retroactively they're going to experience a postseason ban and be (laughs) excluded from this tournament before they play on Thursday. Wow, you told me to bring my hot takes. That is truly a hot take. (laughs) I think Alabama is going to miss the NCAA tournament. I think you're probably right. If they win... Too many games here. I'll be wrong. Okay. Next, we have the 12-seeded Missouri Tigers against the 5 seed Auburn Tigers in what is possibly the worst matchup Missouri could possibly face in the quarterfinal. Sorry, the I'm going to call it the first round. Of 100% the, is no. the worst matchup mm-hmm. Missouri could have gotten. Auburn's going to win by 20. All right. I think Auburn is riding high after that big win against Tennessee. And I also think they rely way too heavily on the three-point shot. They definitely live and die by the 30. And sometimes you just go to these weird arenas, and it's not what you're used to. 
and you're in this on this neutral floor in a tournament setting and sometimes the shots just don't fall and therefore i'm predicting auburn to shoot terribly and missouri to get it together on offense and upset the auburn oh tigers my God. and move on to I, the quarterfinals i was kind of hoping you were going to say uh Missouri was going to get a double-digit lead in the second half and then find a way to lose in the last, like, two minutes of the game. Because that's honestly that what happened, will probably happen. Uh, if, if they're going to lose, just lose soundly, please. Don't even let it be close. I don't see this game being close, honestly. But, I mean, never know. Moving on. Might have a point there. Moving on to the quarterfinals. we have I have Arkansas against LSU. And... LSU being the one seed, but without Will Wade, and they're going to be without Smart, and this all this controversy. Arkansas, I have Arkansas moving on oh to the semifinals. Oh my god, this is bonkers! I might actually <laughs> win a competition on this podcast for once. <laughs> okay, so you've got Florida against LSU. I've got LSU moving on. Okay, then I have. We're going to go to the bottom of the bracket. Uh, we have Mississippi State taking on Tennessee. Tennessee, surprisingly, the three seed in this tournament. And I have Tennessee moving on. I have Tennessee winning a close one. I agree. Then we have Ole Miss. I have Ole Miss against Kentucky. And I have Kentucky moving on. I have Kentucky beating Bama. Then my bracket has... Actually, do yours first. I have Auburn beating South Carolina. All right. Obviously, I don't have Auburn in this game, and obviously South Carolina sucks, so that's the easiest decision <laughs> I've made all night. Missouri moves on to the oh SEC tournament semifinals, God. and they're, they're going to play Arkansas in that. Wow. LSU's, Missouri plays Arkansas in this tournament. LSU is already out of this tournament because they just couldn't keep it together without Will Wade. Well, you might as well have Missouri moving on then, don't you? Uh, we'll just do the semifinal. I have Missouri beating Arkansas and <laughs> ending up in the SEC tournament championship game. Um, I also have Kentucky beating Tennessee and meeting Missouri in the SEC championship game. Wow, you're going to miss every game. I am picking <laughs> Auburn to beat LSU in the semifinals because... Let's hear it. Uh, because they're going to make a lot of threes. <laughs> and they're going to beat... Will Wadeless LSU. Okay, that was my argument for why the Arkansas is going to beat them. Is, so I'm glad we agree. Is LSU has an advantage because Auburn's already played a game, uh, an extra game, so they might be a little bit fatigued. Sure, sure. Uh, but anyways, Auburn's going to beat LSU, and Tennessee's going to beat Kentucky. So I've got Auburn and Tennessee facing off in the finals. Who you got winning this whole thing? I've got Tennessee winning it all. All right. I have Missouri going up against Kentucky in the championship game. And let it be known, listeners, if this matchup comes to fruition, I will be there. I will purchase a ticket. I will drive. I will drive to Nashville if Missouri gets in to the SEC championship game. You will up and drive to Nashville. I'll drive all night if I have to. Okay. Yeah, we're doing that. Okay. 100% if Missouri is in the final of the SEC tournament, we are going. All right. That's a blood bank guarantee. Well... This, it sets up nicely. All they have to do is beat Auburn. All they have to do is literally beat all these teams that are way better than them. No. <laughs> <laughs> Only Auburn is way better than them. Okay. Georgia is not way better than them. South Carolina is not way better than them. Arkansas is not way better than them. So they just need Auburn to have a terrible game, which can happen, and Arkansas or Florida to upset LSU. I have never wanted to be wrong so much more than I do right now in my whole life. Unfortunately, it doesn't matter who Missouri plays in the championship game. We'd have to have a lot of upsets for Missouri to win this and get the automatic bid. Okay, just so for... after all that, I'm picking Kentucky. Oh, okay, awesome. <laughs> okay, let's say Missouri wins the SEC tournament. Yeah. What seed do they get in the NCAA tournament? Would, it, would they be allowed to be given a 16 seed? <laughs> no. <laughs> Realistically, they'd probably be, if that f- somehow happened, they'd probably be like a 13, 12, yeah. maybe, 11 or 12. I don't know. Can you? Can a Power 5 team get higher than a 12? Probably not. I don't think so. I don't think I've ever seen it. No. Probably a 12 seed. They'd be in the play-in game for sure. Oh, probably. Well, 11 or 12 then, yeah. 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 
Well, well that's not going to happen. What if they were? Because they're going to lose to Kentucky in the <laughs> in the final. Man, they got close though. Man, I could smell it. Yeah. And we got we we were there to witness it. All right. So next up, and be sure to tweet at us if you think if you agree with me that Missouri has a legitimate shot to be in the SEC tournament final. I want to hear it. I need some backup on this. So pending the SEC tournament, what do you think about the SEC's place in the NCAA tournament? I already said I think they'll only get seven in. I'm going to stand by that just because um, the bracketology on ESPN still has them with eight. They still have Alabama in the field, and I'm picking them to lose in the first their first game in the SEC tur- tournament to knock them out. Um, do you have Florida in? I do have Florida in. Okay. So maybe I want them to beat Arkansas, actually, but it doesn't matter. I am going to guess eight. So you have Florida and Alabama in, or Florida and South Carolina in? Let me count. <laughs> I think there's a really good chance that Kentucky and Tennessee are going to match up in the semifinal. And I think whichever team that wins that game will be a one seed in the NCAA tournament. Producer Cameron agrees with me and Kyle's still counting. Yeah, I think... Who's that eighth team? Probably Alabama. Because I think Alabama's going to beat Ole Miss, and they're going to give Kentucky a run for their money. So I I think they'll squeak in. Okay. Whether I agree with that or not, I don't know. Do you think Alabama should be in if they lose to Ole Miss? No. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. It's crazy that the ten seeded Alabama might have a better chance to make the tournament than four seeded South Carolina. They for sure have a better chance. That's crazy. I mean, as as far as I mean, we both think that if I think no matter who South Carolina plays in this tournament, they're gonna lose. If they play Missouri, Vanderbilt. they'll lose. If they play Auburn, they'll lose. Yeah. I, you might have a point. So yeah, Alabama definitely has a better shot. No love for the fighting Frank Martins. No. So I said if Kentucky and Tennessee match up in the semifinal, whoever wins that game I think will be a one seed in the NCAA tournament. That'll be a fun game for sure. So I have actually – I'm going against my better judgment, and I'm going to go with Kentucky as a one seed in the NCAA tournament. If they win the SEC tournament, they're a surefire one seed. I mean, potentially getting – one, like one of the top two overall seeds. So a one and two there between Tennessee and Kentucky, basically whichever one wins that matchup. I think depending on how things go around the league, um, around the NCAA, I think it's possible that Tennessee and Kentucky might both be deserving of a one seed. Deserving? Sure. Would it ever happen? I certainly think no. Probably not. Or, I mean, even LSU has a shot to get a one seed. If LSU wins this whole thing, they're a one seed probably. So... I, I think know. I think LSU would have to win the whole thing, and then even then... Kentucky. I mean, Tennessee probably would, too, to get a one seed. I don't know. Maybe. It's just it's too hard to know at this point because so much can happen between now and then with uh, with other teams around the NCAA. Yeah. I, I think LSU is not going to win the SEC tournament. Therefore, I think they will end up with a three seed. Yeah, I think a three is where they're going to land as well. I think Auburn is going to have... A good seed. Um, I think they'll be. They're really highly ranked on Ken Palm, oh, aren't yeah. they? Mm-hmm. Like thirteenth, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, pretty much, Gonzaga is the only team that's like a surefire one at this point. I mean, assuming they they win their their conference tournament, but I mean, there's Duke and North Carolina that are both right there, probably deserving of one seeds, and Virginia, Villanova. Virginia. Yeah, Villanova won't be one seed, but there's a lot of teams out there. That, that could be on that one line. Mm-hmm. Missouri. Yeah. Well. When they when they breeze through the SEC tournament. Don't get me started on Missouri being a, a one seed because they should have been a one seed in the 2000, uh, in the unfortunate disaster of an NCAA tournament that got wiped from the record books and we lost all record of uh, when they were actually a two seed. I don't know why I brought that up. It's very depressing. Yeah, why did you do that? This is the year of revenge. The year of revenge. <laughs> and somehow a Power 5 team becomes a 15 seed, and then they win. <laughs> this is it. 
It's the only option. This is the revenge. <laughs> so that was some fun bracketology. Um, we have some even more fun bracketology coming up because we will be recording another podcast a week from today on Tuesday. And in that, between now and then, we'll have Selection Sunday come and go. ESPN will release the brackets to be filled out on their Tournament Challenge website and app. And the Missouri Sports Podcast will have a bracket group for you to join. Kyle will be tweeting about it. And uh, we'll talk about it on next week's episode. And there will still be time to join if you don't, if you're not on Twitter and you just listen. Um, you'll, there'll be time to join. We'll give the group name and everything on next week's episode. And we will have a prize for the person that finishes with the best bracket in our group. They will, of course, receive a Missouri Sports Podcast t-shirt. It will be sent right to their doorstep. Right there. And everybody wants one of those, trust me. Yes. I do. We should tweet a picture of one of them. That's actually what I was thinking, yeah. When we announce it. Because they look cool. Yes. Um, are you excited to fill out some brackets? I am so ready to fill out some brackets. Producer Cameron's probably going to beat us. You are like always somehow good at this. Like, I was for, just going like, to bring up when we lived in the apartment, Kyle got really mad because I had a really good bracket. I was never really mad, but <laughs> I, you are, you always are like good at filling out brackets and you don't even watch very much basketball. So I'm I, a great test. I don't taker. know how you do it, but I'm jealous. This will probably be, we're going to limit this one entry per person in our group. Don't you think? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So bring keep your, it simple. Bring your best bring your bracket. Bring your to the Missouri Sports Podcast group. Yep. Don't get crazy and have Missouri winning the whole thing. Well, you can, but that just means I've got a better chance of beating you. Yeah, I want a T-shirt. That's for sure. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If one if the one of the three of us wins, nobody gets a T-shirt. Yeah, that's so. It'd be very sad. Need a lot of people to join to have a good chance of beating us. Absolutely. That's all I have for everybody this week. That's all I have. Uh, you can find this podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can tweet us at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at Missouri Sports Pod at gmail.com. And you can find me on Twitter at C underscore Albert08. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week.